words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and write them on the doorpost of your house. From Deuteronomy 6, 6-8. According to God's word, God wants parents to be the primary disciple-maker for their children. How do parents learn to disciple their children? How should congregations and leaders support parents in this important work? Today on Family Shield, we'll talk about how parents can be supported by the congregation to raise their children to know and love Jesus. My guests today are Reverend Brian Weaver, pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Hearst, Texas, and Reverend Chris Kennedy, pastor of Shepherd of the Hills in San Antonio, Texas. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Reverend Weaver and Reverend Kennedy for being our guest today on Family Shield. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. We're happy to have you. Yes. So uh, opening question, why should congregations partner with parents to equip them to disciple their children? Start with Pastor Kennedy first. Okay, why should congregations partner with parents in discipling children? It very much is a partnership, and we are we're a big family as the church, and so all of the family units make up one big family of faith, so we're there for each other. We're there to pray for one another, to provide resources, to build relationships across family units. And God uses all of those things to to build up families and to disciple children. Excellent. Great. And Pastor Weaver, just a comment from you about that. Yeah, I would say, you know, out of the 168 hours we have in a week, um, you know, maybe two to three of those are spent at the church, which means the 165 to 167 are spent outside of the church. And so, and by church, I mean the building where we gather together and worship, so on and so forth. Um, And so I think, you know, a big opportunity for the church, the community of believers, exists to partner with families in the 165, 166, whatever it is, outside of the the normal gathering of worship and Bible study. And and that's why I think it's really important, uh, because faith is not just lived out on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday evenings. It's lived out every hour of every day of our lives. Great, great. Well, there are many spiritual activities and events that involve the spiritual development of our children, uh, especially in the church. Let's briefly talk about some of them. Uh, Let's talk for a minute about baptism. Uh, And of course, the parents bring the children to be baptized, and they select the godparents. But why is baptism important and a partnership with the parents? Go ahead, Reverend Weaver. You know, we just had a baptism in our worship this past weekend, and one of the things I make sure to include in that rite, in that liturgy, is talking to the congregation about how we partner with the parents and the children, and that we, as a community, are responsible for providing opportunities for them to grow as disciples of Jesus. And so uh, it's an opportunity to draw them in and say, hey, parents, you're not doing this alone. We're here to do it with you. We're here to walk with you in this process, and it's a recognition to the congregation we have just as much responsibility in that individual's faith growth as their parents do. And, and it creates that, it ritualizes that partnership, I think, for the church and the parents together to be about raising that child. 
Great. And Pastor Kennedy, just a thought about baptism. Yeah, I think that's a great point about involving the congregation and reminding them that this is something that we do together. I know there will be times when people may ask for a private baptism. Maybe they're, they have reasons. Maybe they're just not comfortable in front of a large group. And, and we'll accommodate that sometimes. But a lot of times I'll encourage people, you know, please allow us to do this in front of the congregation because this is something that the church does together. And it's something we want to celebrate with you. So I do think that that public baptism is a very important thing that happens in the church. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, and there's so much more we could share about baptism, but we're going to move on. And I want to jump from baptism for most of us in our Lutheran traditions are going to be babies. Uh, But then there's this connection between baptism and confirmation. Let's talk for a minute about why confirmation is so important for the children, even those that were baptized as babies. Uh, Pastor Kennedy. Well, confirmation is really confirming God's faithfulness to his promises given in baptism. Uh, We just did our confirmation orientation this past Sunday for our students and we talked about how, you know, your parents have brought you to church and this is something you do as a family. And also, this is your faith. It's not just your parents' faith, but no one can believe for someone else. God has given you faith in your heart and that faith, that seed that he planted in baptism, we want to continue to water it and help it to grow as the years go by. Uh-huh. Very much so. And Pastor uh, Weaver. Yeah, in our in our confirmation liturgy, we do similar to what we do in baptism, and we say, "Hey, congregation, do y'all remember the promise that you made to this child? You know, th- this is a, a fruition of uh, God's promise in their life and their faith growing and developing. This is a fruition of the partnership that you have with their parents that they're here today confirming their faith, and and so we we really try to draw that link for the congregation to see as well. So it's. It's a celebration not only for the confirmand and not only for their parents, but it's a celebration for all of us as that community because another disciple of Jesus is confirming their faith, and we were a part of that process and continue to be a part of that process as they continue to grow into adulthood and and the faith journey that that God continues to lead them on in that process. That's great. So uh, confirmation, they're confirming their baptism and their baptismal vows where they received faith, and now it's their own faith. Um, I think in the traditions of the church, confirmation, I'm not sure about the history of it, but we have chosen to usually do it when they're just sixth to eighth grade, uh, where they're instructed by the pastor, usually on a weekly basis. Um, But that is not, I don't believe that's part of the, I'm not sure if that's part of the tradition of the church. So it may not always be the best time, but it's the time that we have, you have to set a time. And and, uh, so most of the children that are confirmed are eighth grade, maybe ninth grade. So um, let's just talk about a couple of the other things that always happen at the church that is certainly helping parents raise their children to know and love Jesus. Let's talk for a minute about Sunday school and why that's important and why it is a partnership again to help the parents raise their children to know the Lord. Yeah, so I think uh, Bible study, as we call it, we have kind of moved away from the Sunday school language and and say children, student, adult Bible study. Um, But we do that so that the children see it as an opportunity that they are learning and growing at an age-appropriate level. Uh, just like student, just like adults, 
Um, obviously, we don't talk about some of the same topics in adult Bible study that we do in our children's Bible study. Uh, but then our team has made an intentional effort of making sure the parents are resourced and they know what their child learned in Bible study that morning. Uh, so that they, and even tips of ways to bring it up throughout the week. You know, hey, y'all talked about this on Sunday morning. What about this? And we kind of try to think about those times when uh, families are naturally sitting together. So in a car ride to the school or to an activity, um, thankfully, a lot of families are, you know, still try to focus on eating a meal together, be it breakfast or dinner, whichever it is. And um, so try to resource those conversations based on what they wrestled with in Bible study that Sunday morning. Great. And Pastor Kennedy. Yeah, that's I would build off of that, having something that goes home with the kids, that sparks conversation. A lot of times you might ask a child, what do you learn about today? And they can give you an overview, but it may not be a lot of detail. But if you can send some materials home with them, conversation starters to give a little more of a, an idea of what was going on in the teaching time, then that gives the parents a, a little more to hold on to to build on what the children learn. So I, I agree with extending that into the week is really a good strategy. And, and one thing I'll add with that is I think as adults, we hear something and we don't realize we're processing throughout the week, but that's how we actually solidify the information, right? That's how we learn it. Children do the exact same thing and they do it at their level. So the importance of those conversations on Monday, on Wednesday, on Friday, is it helps their brain continue to process that. That's why those become so important uh, is because that's how everybody actually learns and, and gains that information and that knowledge. That's great. And of course, Sunday school involves many volunteers within the congregation. So it isn't just that the partners for the parents are the pastor, which they are, and the professional church workers, but these volunteers are giving much of their time teaching Sunday school every week. And so that is a great blessing to families to have that. So we also want to talk briefly about Vacation Bible School. Uh, most churches have it. Everybody does it differently. Some still, you know, just do the two weeks, some one week, some break it into one day a week. Some of them have them in the evening, a lot of them during the day. They remember that parents that are working can't always get their children. For me, I know teaching vacation Bible school over many years, I found when I went on evangelism calls that a lot of the children in the community, many times Roman Catholic, maybe not having Sunday school themselves, uh, remembered that with great fondness. They loved the fact that they got to go to vacation Bible school. And uh, we find it a wonderful opportunity for outreach as well as helping to train the children. It gives them much longer uh, period of time. They have the snack, they have the activities. And uh, I think it's just a, a great way for churches to help families. So again, let me just ask Pastor Kennedy to comment on your Vacation Bible School at your church or any thoughts you have about that. Vacation Bible School is always a great week for us every year. There's a lot of time that goes into it. It's a great serving opportunity for the older children, like the teenagers. We've got a lot of teenagers who are involved in that. So you learn a lot by serving. And for the older kids, they get that opportunity. Also, it's a great time to invite a friend. Oh. It's a fun activity. It's something that kids are excited to bring somebody else to. So it, it really widens that circle of who's being reached. So many, many positives that come out of a vacation Bible school week. Yeah. 
I would agree with all that Pastor Kennedy said. And and I would also say, you know, sometimes we tend to look down on vacation Bible school. Oh, it's just fun and games and songs. I mean, I will tell you, my children sing those songs the rest of the year. And there's a lot of faith and, de- and development that happens in the midst of those fun and games. So don't look down on it. Look at it as a, as a tremendous opportunity, as Pastor Kennedy said, a serving opportunity across the generations. But then realize that the music, the games, all of that plays into a child being able to, to hold on to and to remember what they experienced that week. And so it is, it's a tremendous discipleship opportunity on so many fronts. Uh, And in so many different ways, it attracts and speaks to each different child. Yes, good. Well, I'm going to do some announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking about some of the other things that churches and parents partner together on to help raise their children to know and love Jesus. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on 50 stations throughout the United States, and our podcast is heard on many podcast platforms. Family Shield also coordinates other educational and evangelism services. This now includes Faith Family Reunion that serves parents with prodigals. Prodigals are adult children that grew up in the faith but have left the faith. Family Shield Ministries is self-supporting and a listener-funded ministry. We depend upon your prayers, support, generosity, and sacrifice to allow us to share the gospel with those who do not know him and equip Christians to serve and witness. Family Shield is self-supporting and self-governing. Please pray for us, mail a donation, or give a one-time gift or a monthly gift on our website, www.familyshieldministries.org. Now I want to go back to continue talking with Reverend Weaver and Reverend Kennedy about the partnership between parents and congregations in raising their children or discipling them their children for Christ. Um, one of the other things that I uh, wanted to bring up, not all churches do this, but uh, many of them do milestones, sometimes called stepping stones. And uh, our church, my church, does this, and I absolutely love it. And uh, years ago, I was asked to write um, a chapter in a book about that, and I interviewed several women that do it. And uh, let's explain what it is to the listeners. Do both of your churches do that in any format? Yeah, so we uh, we celebrate the typical ones in a Lutheran heritage, baptism, confirmation. We are building and growing some of that milestone ministry or celebrations, uh, including you know how to read your Bible uh, about second or third grade when when most children gain a good competency of reading, um, and and so an opportunity to partner with the parents. And so we're actually putting together workshops that parent and child or children. Uh, would attend together so that they learn that activity or they learn um, like the Bible reading, how to, you know, how's the Bible organized? How do you read chapter and verse, so on and so forth? Uh, and, and really an opportunity to to equip the parents to teach that to their children. That's, I think, the key to that is that the parents, yes. our grandparents even, are involved. Pastor Kennedy, anything about that with your congregation? Our program has been a second grade, my first Bible program, and we've done three sessions where the parents and children learn together. And then at the end of it in worship, the children are presented with a first Bible. So again, it's something in front of the congregation together as one big family of Christ, 
we are raising the children and we are celebrating milestones in their faith. So that's, that's been our program has been that second grade first Bible program. That's great. And and for our listeners, I have a whole chapter, if somebody wants to see it, that I wrote for a, a family ministry book about uh, milestones or stepping stones. It's when churches and involving parents, maybe uh, when they give them the Bible, some churches anyway, they'll invite all the parents to come up when the children re- receive the Bible. And ahead of time, they're encouraging parents to put a written message uh, in that Bible for their children, and that they're there, it's being given to them usually by the church, but the parents are there because, as you just said, they're being encouraged to read the Bible to their children and to read it together and to talk about it in the home. Just some of the things that churches have to help parents learn to disciple their children. Uh, Unless they're professional church workers, they usually don't know how to do a lot of it. Um, And even that is difficult. So uh, we can talk more about that, but I just encourage everybody to look and learn about uh, milestones and stepping stones. So uh, how and why should congregations help parents learn to lead short and age-appropriate devotions in the home. Oh, what do either of your churches do anything related to that? I can start. We um, just last year, our discipling team uh, started writing, we call them doorposts, and, it, and it's based off of, um, you know, put the blood of the lamb upon your doorposts and the angel of death will pass over and, uh, and, and really kind of drawing out what happened in the Exodus. But um, the team started writing devotions and they get various volunteers. So it's not just from me as pastor. It's not just from the professional church workers, but a variety of volunteers put in little devotions and they purposely keep them at 10 minutes or less. Uh, And then we have what we call doorpost Sundays where we invite all ages, you know, the entire congregation to come together to receive these booklets. And we try to do them seasonally like Lent, Advent and so on. And in that gathering on that doorpost Sunday, we sit them at tables and they go through the devotion one time. So they actually have a chance to experience, well, how do you ask those questions? What does it look like when you have those? What do you do when your kid is running and trying to play with other kids? You know, all of those kind of pieces. But we we create that fun environment for the parent to learn and to experience that. And then they take it home. And it's not for very long. You know, it, it's usually six to eight weeks at most, maybe once or twice a week. Um, because I think sometimes parents can get overwhelmed if they don't know how to do it as well. And mm-hmm. so it's it's an easy way to try to equip them right. and teach them how to do it at the same time. That's great. Pastor Kennedy, and you can also, of course, talk about your own children uh, because both of you, and I should have said that at the beginning, not only are pastors, but are also parents. Well, I'm learning a lot from what Pastor Weaver just <laughs> said. I think that's a great idea. It is. We've got some devotions in the works right now for a, a capital campaign that we're doing, and we're teaching about uh, leaning into the future with faith. And so I'm looking forward to those being in the hands of our families. But uh, building off of what Pastor Weaver said, I, I really think a big component of that, number one, is providing resources. But number two is building confidence in parents. You know, And when you get some practice or you model it or they've had a little bit of experience, then they can go home with some confidence knowing I can do this. I kind of have an idea of what to do. And so I think that that's just a big component is helping the parents to believe I can do this. I am equipped. And I really think that's half the battle right there, along with providing the resources. Absolutely. Resources are so important. And I 
just want to mention that I looked up just some of the Family Shield podcasts that deal with that faith formation for children, spiritual nurture in the home, go first into the home, five-minute Bible studies for families was a great book. These are all books that I've interviewed people about. And then I recently did something on teaching uh, children to pray. So lots more on our podcast, and you can access all of our podcasts on the website. But it's important. I don't think it happens as much as it should, but I think uh, what like Pastor Weaver's church is doing is wonderful because parents can do this, but they're afraid. They're afraid. I know we began this family prayer walk during the pandemic, and we found after the first year, parents don't often teach their children how to pray. And uh, this just helped, but then we ended up producing a booklet to go along with what we did the first year uh, with just simple prayers in it that you can take the book with you when you take your prayer walk and pray together some of those uh, areas. And it's interesting because certainly uh, devotions are important and prayer is part of the devotions, but uh, parents often don't think they can do it and therefore they don't. So I think one of the things we do when we're one or two, we the children learn to walk and they get up and they take two steps and they fall down. And I think we need to bring that into our adult life. Parents will learn how to do this and they may make some mistakes at the beginning, but as they do it, then they'll look back and say, oh, I did it. And then they feel more confident and they do it better. So we just need to encourage parents to do those things. Pastor Weaver, you have another comment about that? Yeah, I was just going to say um, to that point, uh, one of the things is if you are a professional church worker and you have children, talk about that reality check that you know you don't do it well every time. It's not perfect. There are a lot of days where it's chaotic and you struggle um, and then, you know, you've mentioned teaching children to pray. I would say one of the biggest things I've encouraged families is don't take the children out of worship. That's where they learn how to worship. That's where they learn how to pray is when we do it as a community of adults uh, in worship, gathered together, and we teach our children. Um, my kids have learned the Lord's Prayer, not because we necessarily work on it at home, but because we do it in worship every Sunday, right? And so just that consistency factor, uh, there are a lot of days it's not going to go well. There are a lot of days that it will go well. Uh, the The opportunity is to actually show up every day and try it again. Yeah. And I. the next question I have actually is part of devotions, but how can congregations help parents learn to pray themselves and then teach their children to pray? Do either of your churches do anything related to that topic or maybe something you do in your home with your children? Pastor Kennedy? You know, I try to keep it simple as much as possible. So you can think of it in two ways. There's sort of prayers from the heart, you know, teaching the children just to talk to God, like you might talk to mom or dad, or like you might talk to a friend, just tell them what's, what's on your mind, give them thanks. And if there's something you're worried about, you know, talk to God about that or ask for what you need. Uh, and then in addition to that, you know, there are prayers we can learn. Uh, my children have learned the Lord's Prayer from a young age. You, you can't do better than the prayer Jesus gave us. You know, there's also meal prayers. That's a great time to pray. You know, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Um, and then bedtime prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. You know, some very simple prayers that have been used for a long time. And uh, those are great places to start. Wonderful. Wonderful. Pastor Weaver, anything else? Yeah, I would just say, um, let your children pray. 
You know, I more often than not, our kids are the ones that pray in our household out loud for the rest of us. Um, and sometimes they're silly and it's okay. And we talk about, hey, prayer is a time to talk to God whom we want to show respect and honor and glory, right? Uh, but my kids are incredible prayer warriors because we, we let them pray. Just let them do it. And you'd be surprised at how, you know, Jesus talks about the faith of children. Let the children come to me. Um, parents, if you're struggling to teach your children to pray, maybe just ask them to pray. Hey, could you pray for us today? And you might be surprised at what happens. Yeah. I want to just mention three things that I think churches and our families can do to incorporate into their lives as their children are growing up, uh, even young adults, that could help them with discipleship. And uh, this is from many years of interviewing lots of good authors and speakers. Uh, but consider organizing a family mission trip for parents and youth. I know we do youth and have mission trips because they help children's faith grow and they'll help parents' faith grow too. Uh, take a trip to the Creation Museum and Noah's Ark in Kentucky. They will help you and your family's faith grow. You might want to wait till they're not really young. I mean, those are youth, young, young youth and teenagers. Uh, it, it's it's dynamic and for and it'll help your faith grow. My husband and I just went there last year. We loved it. And finally, the uh, Museum of the Bible is in Washington, D.C. And this would be another great place to take your youth to help them learn more about God's word. Um, it could be families doing it. It could be churches organizing something like this. Uh, and I just thought it was worth sharing those three things because I didn't know about all those things when my children were growing up. And most some families couldn't afford to travel. But uh, if you can, or if the church wants to organize something, I think those three things would be wonderful. But again, my guests are Reverend Christopher Kennedy and Reverend Brian Weaver. Thank you so much for being a part of today's program. Um, I know we could have done a second program and talked about a lot of these things a little bit more, but I think uh, it's just helpful to help churches recognize they're so important in the discipleship of children, especially as they support the parents and help those parents step out in faith and learn that they can teach their children all of these things. And it's okay to fall down and get up because you've learned a little bit more. So again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield, and we're so thankful you've been listening. Let me just read oh, one Bible verse as we close. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done from Psalm 78, 4. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus from 2 Timothy 3, 15. Uh, thank you so much for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.